what's up guys uh color shot podcast we're back sorry we didn't get this out on monday morning um i was having trouble like recording so i mean i would i would record like a little test you know you do the test one two test one two you know perfectly fine that i'd record anything where i would get like a 10 second violation coming across half court and it just wouldn't work so we have this coming out Tuesday morning, so hopefully you guys didn't lose my uh, entire listener base because of that. Um, today, gonna have some combine thoughts. Um, just guys, I think are winners. Guys, are think that you know stock may have fallen a little bit, um, and then after that, we'll get into some you know just other news around the league. Got some Derek Carr news. We got a lot of the franchise tag stuff happening today, so we'll get into that. Um, other than that, uh, I posted my pre pre combine dynasty rookie rankings on commissionercorner.com. Um, it's actually a commissioner corner.com. So go ahead and check that out. We'll probably like touch on a couple of guys that might have moved up and moved down when we go through the winners and losers. One guy definitely is moving down, moving out of the top 20. So go ahead and check that out. And then, um, other than that, let's get going. Okay, let's go ahead and hit on some winners and losers from the Combine. Watch it this weekend. Um, I think there's guys that definitely showed out more than others. And I think there's some guys, you know, <clears throat> Keishon Butte, that um, didn't perform very well. So let's go ahead. I'm going to start with two winners, and they're going to come from the quarterback group. I'm kind of lumping Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud together just because what they both did was they took – all of the preconceived kind of strengths that they had coming into the combine and confirmed it and even exceeded the expectations on those things. So when you look at Stroud, it was kind of coming in. He's, you know, he's the most accurate passer. He throws the best ball. You watch that throwing workout that he had. It was borderline flawless. Like you can't watch that and not say like, that's not going to work. Like sneak preview for my, the blog I posted last week before the combine, I compared Stroud to like a cooler Kirk Cousins. And not because I think that he's Kirk Cousins, but if you look at the stats that Cousins puts up where he's throwing for 4,200 yards and 30-plus touchdowns every year, Stroud's going to walk in the league and be able to do stuff like that. Maybe not year one, but like a couple years in, that's kind of the production I expect from him. Just very consistent year in, year out. I mean, back to the throw, like, the misses were good misses. He wasn't underthrowing deep balls. Just the, the accuracy is elite. Like it's, it is the best in the class. He was kind of like when we were talking about like the odds of different quarterbacks going one, he was kind of being forgotten. I think everybody was falling in love with the physical stuff with Levis and, you know, Anthony Richardson. I think Stroud's going to have to be taken a little more seriously when we talk about guys that can go number one. And then speaking of Richardson, um, in his interviews with the media, he said that he liked to call himself uh, Cam Jackson, like a mix of Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson. If you're going to say that before your combine, this is the kind of performance that you need to have to back that up. You look at he ran the fastest 40. He was a 4 4 um, He had a 40 and a half inch vertical, which in NBA standards is elite. 
then farthest broad jump, and then oh yeah, after his throwing session, he did a backflip. You know, a little bit of a show off, but you know, we we if we can live with guys showing off being able to do a backflip. I've I've never had like I've seen people at like concerts and stuff like that do backflips. I never get mad when people do backflips. I think it's pretty sweet. Um, you know, I think his throwing session even also was very good. I think it it looked a lot more accurate. Everybody. Everybody always says when we talk about Richardson, it's like, oh, he's this physical freak. He actually just sucks at football. It's like, well, Josh Allen sucks at football. Like, and yeah, that's the confidence going to be used a lot. And, you know, rightfully so. It's a very similar situation, whether it becomes Josh Allen or not. That's to be seen. But I think the high highs are better than a lot of guys. I think the stuff that he can do physically, if he can put it all together, we're talking a guy that can, you know, possibly compete with the Mahomes as the Allens. And I think that's, what's going to be very tantalizing to a lot of teams. Um, the deep ball was, whew, I mean, just, it was like the Mike Vick video of him throwing it out of the stadium. I mean, that was, that was just ridiculous. I mean, it, I, another winner for the comma is just the people that got to be in person watching that. Cause that was just, I mean, insane. And, you know, just wrapping it up. I think both Richardson and Stroud had incredible days. Um, I think they were both good enough where if you kind of look and transition to our first loser of the combine, I would kind of say it has to be Bryce Young. Um, you know, he did. He only got measured. He was 5'10". I think he got over 200. He was like 204 or something like that. Um, basically the same as Kyler when Kyler came to the combine. You know, that still the size is going to be a major turnoff. You know, especially and especially now, when you look at what Stroud and Richardson did, you look at kind of the resume of Stroud, and you look at the potential of Richardson. I still think Bryce Young's the best player, but he has real competitors now for the number one pick. Like I think before, it was kind of just like, oh, well, like it, as long as he's got the size, he's going to be number one. I think there are going to be teams that talk themselves into like Stroud or Richardson at number one because you look at you know the smaller guys that have come out. We talked about Kyler a little bit. He's gotten hurt almost every season. You know, he's coming off in the injury. He just was banged up year after year towards the end of the season. Baker, part of the reason that his, you know, his last season in Cleveland, he was hurt a lot. And that was probably part of the reason where he wasn't playing well. And then, you know, you can kind of say this about Purdy. Purdy's a smaller guy. It was a freak incident. You know, he snapped his elbow. But, you know, we'll see what happens with him going forward. You know, or Bryce Young already was banged up this past season in college, you know, with Alabama, he had a shoulder injury. So I think teams really are going to have to look at his size. And if they think the talent gap between young and Richardson and Stroud and the kind of the ceiling on those guys isn't too far off, I think they're going to end up just taking the bigger, stronger athletes. And I, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think there's anything that, Bryce Young could have done. I think he went about this the right way. Like the thing that is attractive about Bryce Young, it's not going to show up in a combine. You know? What shows up for Bryce Young is when he plays. It's the instincts. It's being able to extend the play, you know, throw on the run, all this different stuff. It's like, you know, if he works out, that's like, yeah, he could be as accurate as CJ Stroud, but then you're going to have the, you know, him standing next to Richardson and we're going to have, you know, the, Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram memes back again, like just the same thing, different year. 
you know, just like you look at the reality of the sport. I mean, look at last year, like Aiden Hutchinson was clearly the best pass rusher in that draft class, like coming in, like the stuff they put on tape, the resume, he was the best guy, but because of, you know, Trayvon Walker being the bigger, stronger, faster athlete, they're taking the Jags took the swing on the ceiling. They were looking at potential. They said, we think that Trayvon Walker down the road is going to be a better player than Aiden Hutchinson. So like, you know, we can say like, oh, there's no way Anthony Richardson gets taken over, you know, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. Like we've seen it before. Teams take the swings on the guys with the high potential. They want to, you know, hit the home run, not hit a double. Like that's the saying that they use sometimes. So and also with Bryce Young, the um the platform shoes. Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> like I I'd never heard of the brand No Bull or whatever that uh sponsored the combine this year. I'm not sure I'd want to work out in three inch platform shoes, but we'll we'll see. I'll have to, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll take a look. I th- I think my dad said they'd like sold out on all their stuff, so you know it's worth it to sponsor the combine, I guess. Um, next winner, uh, the Chicago Bears. I think now we kind of talked about the QB one spot being kind of like a three horse race. Just if it comes down to taste and preference, there's clearly now a path for the bears to have a double trade back. So you trade, you know, from one to four or one to two, and then back again, I think there could even be a possibility of a triple trade back, which I mean, would be absolutely insane. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but there's a world where it's like, if they go from one to two to Houston, then they can go two to four to Indy. And if Arizona takes Jalen Carter, we'll see, or Will Anderson, now all of a sudden there's two quarterbacks still on the board. You have two teams in the AFC South, the Falcons, the Panthers. You can even have like a team like the Titans. They're trying to jump up and get one of those guys. They're – acquiring a lot of picks. I think that that would be something that you have to think of. You know, you may be missing out on one of the sweet defensive players, but there's still still good offensive linemen, other good players if you're at eight or nine. So um, I think, you know, the team just has a lot of holes. Even if you can get one of the elite guys like Anderson or Carter, I think they're both sweet, but you just need more than those two. If you're going to try to win and build a, full complete roster around Justin Fields. Um next guy, Will Levis. I, I had him as a loser, not like as a person, just like, you know, guy that stock is going to fall because of the combine. I don't even think he performed poorly. Um I will say though, I when I watched him, every out route he threw looked like an absolute house call for the corner. So we'll see what happens there. Um I don't. I just don't think he stood out. He he wasn't didn't have the accuracy of Stroud. He wasn't the hyper athlete like Richardson, and I don't think he has like the resume and the pedigree of a Bryce Young to kind of keep him in the mix. So you know, I think he's clearly the quarterback for. I I actually kind I still kind of like him as a prospect. I think it could be a good thing for him to fall a little bit. Like even if he just falls to six and the Lions fall in love with him, he sits behind Golf for a year has Ben Johnson to kind of implement him into the system. They have good weapons. You know, you look at a team like Tennessee, they took Malik Willis. I don't think that, you know, if they think that Levis is a franchise type player, they're going to, you know, hold off because of a third round pick. Um, We'll see, you know, 
Tennessee's trying to trade Derrick Henry now too. So we'll, I mean, anything's on the table with them. Um, and then even like, even Las Vegas, I think we'll see what they want to do. Um, McDaniels got a lot out of Mac his rookie year. They're completely different players, obviously, but I think, you know, if he goes there, having an offensive mind like McDaniels wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, couple more guys, Nolan Smith, uh, the edge rusher out of Georgia. He tested out the wazoo. Um, he ran a 439, 41.5-inch vertical. Again, that's like insane for NBA standards. He had the third longest broad jump of guys at his position. Um, yeah, he's going to definitely be a guy that's on the rise. A lot of the places I would look, because, you know, I, I don't have a life, so a lot of times when I have free time, I'll just, you know, go on. I'll just type in 2023 NFL mock drafts, and I'll read like three or four. He was like a borderline first round guy a lot of the time when I would look. Um, now I, I can't see him making out of the 20s now. Like we talked about Trayvon Walker a little bit earlier, but it, especially after last year, you know, Trayvon Walker jumped all the way up to one. I'm not, he's not going to jump all the way up that high, but I would have a hard time believing he makes it out of the 20 or makes it into the 20s. Um, and even like, I think the most important thing about Nolan Smith's kind of workout was there was a video that came out of all of his Georgia teammates when he was running the 40, and they're just going nuts, just cheering him on all that stuff. Like, that stuff matters. Like, guys that are loved by their teammates and have good character, if it's between one guy or another, similar talent, and teams are trying to decide between the two, they're going to take the better character guy. And, you know, speaking of character, another loser – uh, Jalen Carter that we're not going to go into heavy details on that situation because, you know, we don't know all the details. Um, supposedly was racing the car that crashed and ended up leading to the death of one of his teammates and a staff member for Georgia. Um, he had to leave the combine, go post bond. I think he was booked for 16 minutes and then I guess got out, came back to the combine the next morning, did interviews and stuff. Um, We've seen a lot less tank guys draft stocks. Like Laramie Tunsil a few years ago, he was a top three pick, like top three rated player. And, you know, gas mass video comes out, all of a sudden, boom, he falls 10 spots. He falls down to like 11, I think. So, you know, I think he, he, Carter's are uh, arguably, it's a similar situation, arguably one of the best players in the draft, probably like just looking at talent-wise, probably the best player in the draft. He was probably asked about it in every single interview. So it's going to be up to those teams to kind of determine, is this something that, you know, one-time thing? Is it a you know going to be a consistent thing? Is it going to be a problem going forward? Um, it really sucks that happened. Um, you feel for, you know, prayers out to the families of the people that passed away, obviously. Um, you honestly just hate to see these situations in general. So um, we'll, we'll move on. Um, lighter stuff. Winner. Jackson Smith and Jigba, he didn't run the 40, um, but he was the best route runner at the Combine. It's kind of like a don't forget about me performance, like one of those, like, hey, you know, you can talk about Jalen Hyatt and talk about Quinn Johnson. Uh, I'm still here. Like, I'm the guy that had, like, 1,600 yards a couple years ago, so I messed up hamstring this year. So he's going to start to climb draft boards. Um, we'll see what he runs. I think he plans on running as pro day. He runs anything under a 4-6. I think he's a borderline lock for the wide receiver one. 
And then finally, Kayshawn Boutte, the wide receiver out of LSU. When I did my top 20 pre-draft or pre-combine players for Dynasty rookies, I had him in the top 15. That is a huge mistake. I will own up to it. It took two days for me to realize. Um, he just he doesn't really do anything well. Like he ran like a four or five forty. He was not good on the broad jump. Um, tape wasn't great. He, the the you know the the one dribble they're running down the straight line. They're throwing from both directions. He was dropping balls. He doesn't like hand catch. He just kind of ca- tries to catch everything towards his body. Um, so I didn't really like him when I watched tape. Uh, he was a projected top five pick before the season this year, like before the college season. He was like the wide receiver one. I think like Draft Express when I would do like mock drafts on there, he was like one of the two or three top players on there. So it's a big whiff on my part. Um, I'm not even sure if he's going to be a day two pick. We'll see what happens. You know, LSU's wide receiver, you you know won't doubt them, but I don't I don't really see it with him. So those are my winners and losers from the combine. Um, we'll see what happens with pro days and stuff. There might be other guys we'll see flashes of like, we'll, we'll get some other receiver, you know, two weeks from now at their pro day that runs like a four, three, two or something like that. Oh, speaking of four, three, two, Devin, Devon, a chain, also a winner. He absolutely flew at the combine. So he'll, he'll be moving up a little bit as well. So those are the winners and losers. Okay, let's hit on some news from around the league. The big story from the day was Derek Carr is signing with the Saints uh, for for $150 million. Uh, New Orleans is kind of now the automatic favorite in the NFC South, mainly because they're the only team in the division with a competent quarterback. Um, Unless someone lands like a Lamar or an Aaron Rodgers, which... I don't really see happening with Rodgers. So who knows what's going on with Lamar? Um, I can understand why New Orleans did it. You know, this isn't a, you know, we're going to win the Super Bowl move, but they'll be back in the playoffs. They've already dug themselves into so far into cap hell that, you know, this deal can't really make it any worse. Like they're a couple of years down the road, they're still screwed no matter what. And, you know, they're, they're never going to take a step back. They're never going to try to, you know, retool, rebuild. It's just against what they've always done. I mean, they haven't taken – I saw something today. They haven't taken a quarterback in the first two rounds since Peyton and Eli's dad, like Archie Manning. That was like 60 years ago or something. I mean, that's just insane. Um, it also makes sense for Derek Carr, Dome team. He's not really a good cold-weather quarterback. We've talked about it before. Um so, you know, I think that's a good spot for him. They have some weapons. They have a lave. I mean, Camaro will be suspended, but he'll be back at some point, you assume. Um, and then kind of for the rest of the NFC South, I think they're all going to kind of have to look in the mirror at some point and just bite the bullet and prepare for the future. Just build a team that's not necessarily designed to win this season. You know, instead of just trying to go 9-8, and eight, draft quarterback. Go get some young talent. Just don't mortgage the future to lose in the first round to Dallas. You know, like Carolina, Frank Reich just came in. You know, give him time to build a team. Give him time to build a roster. We saw he, when he had luck, even when he had Rivers, they were making the playoffs. He had Carson Wentz. 
they were a game away from making the playoffs. So give him a young quarterback, give him time to develop that guy, mold him. I think eventually they will be a good team. They could have, they have a good coach in place. I think they could be a playoff team down the road. Tampa. I mean, you won a Super Bowl two years ago. The window's closed. Brady retired. Your window's closed. You're not getting like, I don't think you're going to get Rodgers. If you get a guy like Jimmy G, it's not like you're winning a Super Bowl with him. So I think you move off some of the older guys. You go improve the secondary. Again, get a quarterback. I think that's the big theme for these other NFC South teams right now is, you know, every like everybody's quarterback room is kind of in shambles now, except for New Orleans. Um, so, and then Atlanta, I mean, they're, feels like every year they're going to convince themselves they can compete for the wild card. Like feels like they've won seven games every single year and their defense has just been terrible every single year. So, I mean, we'll see. They're also a team again, no quarterback. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to sign Jimmy G? Are you going to like trade for Ryan Tannehill? Like I think they all need to realize like this new Orleans thing's going to have a shelf life. Like, even if they're the best team in the division, even if, you know, cars a revelation down there and, you know, they're winning 11, 12 games somehow, that's going to last two, three years tops. So you build for the future. You take a quarterback this year. You take the time to let him develop, you know, work out some of the kinks. You could be set up for a while. Like you could go on a half decade run after that. Like you have, the quarterback, you have some pieces around him that you built up. You know, you can build a real team that could have success for a longer period of time. Um, next thing, Geno Smith got extended. Good for him, man. Like I, I love Geno. He seems like just a he seems like a great hang, honestly. Um, you got three for one hundred five. Um, Seattle traded Russ, got all the picks, got a better player for cheaper. It's just, I mean, that's just good. That's just good general managing right there. Um, real quick on Russell Wilson. I saw some today. Somebody said that he's got like a year with Sean Payton before they move off of him. If you're Sean Payton, why would you take the job? If you already knew coming in, you weren't going to like the quarterback. Why would you take the job? Because this isn't getting out because he's like, oh yeah, I love Russ, but you know, God forbid he sucks. No, no, he sucked last year. Like, if you knew Russell Wilson wasn't going to be your guy, if you weren't sure of that, why are you taking the job? He's a cap nightmare. Like, you, it's like, oh, we'll just get a rhythm, get rid of him. You're not going to have any cap space. You're not going to be able to, like, build a team because you're going to be paying Russ to not be on your team. Kind of like how, the, you know, there's some NBA teams that pay Russ not to be on their team, too. Um, and then you're not, you're going to be paying another quarterback, whether you draft them or, you know, go somewhere else. So it's like, and then if you get rid of Russ, what picks are you using to acquire the next guy? You know, are you just going to, you're not going to be able to sign a guy in the free agency. You're not going to be able to trade for one. You're not going to, like, even if you suck, your, your pick's not going to be hot. Like Seattle's got your pick. So I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the thought process in, taking a job where, you know, you aren't sure about the quarterback. Like, what was wrong with just working for Fox again? And then, you know, if, like, the L.A. Chargers job came up or the Cowboy job came up, like, something like that, those both seem like better opportunities a year from now. So, I, I don't know. Back to Gino, or back to Gino, whoa. 
Um, real loser for this is Daniel Jones. His market is done. Like, like the notion of him getting forty plus million dollars, I just don't think you can do that now because I understand Jones is younger. I think there's still a lot of teams that would just straight up take Geno over him right now. So I wouldn't be too eager to pay him. I'd like to see another year before I give Daniel Jones big money. Because then again, like his two really good games were against the Vikings. Their defense was just god awful last year. So um, real quick, Pollard and Jacob, Josh Jacobs, both got the franchise tag today. Um, makes sense for both teams, both players, you know, like this year's running back class got a lot of hype in free agency. They're like, this is going to be one of the best running back classes in free agency we've had in a while. But all of them are just going to get franchise tags. So we're just going to roll it back next year, and we're just kicking the can down the road. Maybe we'll get a couple more guys next year. I, I got to check and see who's um, in those classes, in the class next year. But, you know, we're basically going to have the same class, and it probably won't be as good just because they're all a year older. But, you know. It's just funny that, you know, that class is the the great free agent class is not really going to have any free agents. Um, speaking of running backs, Derrick Henry is supposed they're shopping him, the new GM uh, for the Titans. I, I would not be in the business of trading for a 29-year-old running back. That's just me. You know, would I like to have Derrick Henry just in a vacuum on my team? Absolutely. But, like, he's 29 years old. Seems to take care of his body well, but just the sheer volume of hits is a little scary to me that he's taken over his career. Um, you looked at some of the odds for who's going to land him. The Eagles were the favorites amongst non-Titans for where Derrick Henry would play next year. I mean, good God, that team would run for 4,000 yards probably. I mean, that just I mean, good God, just imagine that. Um Fantasy value for Henry if he's traded, unless he goes somewhere that is like very predicated on running the football, like a Philly or a Baltimore. I'm already kind of down on him, like we said earlier, just because of the age and, you know, the volume of carries and stuff like that. If he goes somewhere that's not like very run oriented, I'm going to be I'm going to be way out on him. So he I mean, he in Tennessee, he kind of is their offense. So, you know, you look at a team like I saw one of the favorites was Buffalo. That's just that I don't even know how to describe that. That's like oil and water. Like that's the that's the worst fit I think he could have because they, they haven't shown since Josh Allen got there any interest in running the football. Like maybe if he was there, that would change. But it's just very hard to believe that Buffalo is just going to uproot their whole offensive philosophy for a 29 year old running back. I don't know. And then, like, you look at other teams that want to run the ball. Like, if he goes to Atlanta, they're they're just not going to be a great team. They're not going to be leading a lot. It's like, could he still die? Like, you're just you're betting on him to be the same dominant Derrick Henry that he's been. And frankly, I, I I just don't know if that's possible with the age and stuff. Like, maybe maybe he's just like Travis Kelsey, where we just need to stop worrying about age. It's just until he hits the cliff, there is no cliff. So. I don't know. We'll see. I, I I would I would think it'd be interesting to see Derrick Henry get traded. Um, next thing, Mac Jones. Some chatter that Las Vegas wants to go trade for Jones. What I don't even know what that trade package would be. If you give New England anything more than a third, I think that seems a little rich. I mean, 
he was the 15th pick, but that's just anything like a second round pick. I would just kind of like, I don't know. That just, that doesn't seem right to me. I mean, if they, if Vegas misses out on Aaron Rodgers, Mac wouldn't be the worst option. He's younger, more durable than Jimmy G. I think that's the other guy they're kind of looking at right now. Um, and especially if McDaniel doesn't like any of the young QBs in this draft, even though I feel like Stroud kind of seems like a McDaniels guy, like big, accurate process as well. All that different stuff kind of leaves right up McDaniels wheelhouse. Um, I find it hard to believe he's going to, he would want to like take the time to groom a Richardson or a Levis. So I think Mac, well, I mean, if you're the Patriots and you trade Mac, or like you start in Bailey Zappi, like it, that would just, I think that would just start a whole domino effect that would you'd like, I don't even know what they would do. Um, then finally, Allen Robinson, they're allowing him to seek a trade from the Los Angeles Rams. He signed with them last year. Seems like they're kind of rebooting the franchise, which is a good thing. You know, get some young players in the building. You're going to have to, you know, get younger, get cheaper. I think we've talked about this a little bit before with them. Um, it, it, my buddy and I today were talking about because we're both Ravens fans. And we were talking about the stat where the Ravens were 32nd in offensive spending, like since Lamar showed up or something like that. Might have been the last like four years, not five, but they were they were last in the league in spending on the offensive side of the football. And I I think that stat is a little skewed. Like you look at Ronnie Stanley signed his extension in Lamar's third year. Mark Andrews signed his extension. I think the off season going into the fourth year for both of them. And it's like, they're never paying a running back. They draft a lot of talent on that side of the ball. I mean, they let multiple guys walk and then they would immediately replace him. Like they traded Orlando Brown instead of, you know, tagging him or giving him a big extension. what they do? They go sign like a Morgan Moses for cheap, who solid player, not like, you know, he's not breaking the bank. I'm pretty sure he's making like, 12 million dollars maybe like 18 like it's very cheap under 10 million dollars for a starting right tackle then you look at bradley bozeman they let him walk you know they go draft tyler Linderbaum. they upgraded that position so you know do do i think the Ravens need receiver help. Absolutely. I'm, I watch the games like they don't have guys that get open. Maybe that part of that's the scheme, but at the end of the day, they, they need more help. But I think this Allen Robinson deal and the situation that's happening with it right now, it kind of just proves, you know, just because you spend money doesn't mean it's a sure thing that the offense is just going to be better. And the receivers are going to be better. Like same thing with Kenny Galladay. The Ravens were in the mix for both of them. I wanted them to sign both of them. I was like depressed when they didn't sign Kenny Galladay. You know, probably for the best though. It's probably for the best that they didn't get any of those guys. You know, if Eric DeCosta signed one of those guys and they their seasons played out the exact same way, he's we're having the same conversation like, oh, Lamar, you're not getting Lamar any help. It's like, well, yeah, now we don't have any money to do it. So, you know, I think the Kind of the notion that they neglect the position. It's a, l- a little overdone at this point. They drafted Hollywood in the first round. His last season with the Ravens, 1,000-yard guy. Huntley played like s- almost half the season. Um, then he asked for a trade because of the scheme. Um, 
Bateman, he, I think I think Bateman's still a good player. I think the stats back it up. When he's healthy and on the field, that offense is different. It is good. Like Lamar was probably the MVP the first three weeks. Bateman, those were Bateman's really only three healthy games of the season. After he got hurt in the Bills game, just wasn't the same. Um, do you need to trade for a guy? Do you need to you know, go get a Hopkins? Do you want to go try to get a Keenan Allen if he's cut? Absolutely. I think you have to go get more receivers, but you know, part of the receiver thing is a little bit, I think, towards the scheme. They're getting a new again Monken in there. I think that would be a good fit. I think that will help get the more receivers more involved. You know, you can try going down the road of drafting a guy. I like Zay Flowers. I think he would be a great fit. But you know, even back when you know Hazi Newsom was the GM, they had they've never been able to draft receivers. It's just been an organizational flaw for. 25 years so i don't know i think i think the 30 second in spending stats a little unfair again you know they've the timelines just kind of worked out where they weren't really paying a lot of young guys their extensions yet so then like when stanley comes in he gets hurt and they kind of restructure his deal and push his money down the road or you know you look at andrews he signs his extension andrews is the you know you can make the argument he's the second best tight end in the nfl and he's going to make like $13 million. Like you look at it like I think Quinn Nelson makes like almost 20 and he's a guard. So, you know, I think it's just the way that they choose to spend their money. They're spending it on, you know, guys like Andrews, guys like Stanley. They spend money on the other side. Sure. They extended Hunt Humphrey. They extended Roquan. Like at the end of the day, it's like, I, I just, I think that the 32nd in spending, you know, you look at a guy like Allen Robinson you spend money on Allen Robinson, you get to feel good about it. Like, does that automatically make your offense better? No. So that that was just some some of the news around the league. Sorry, I made that last part about the Ravens a little bit. I was venting. Very stressful time right now for Ravens fans. Uh, we have no idea what's going on, and it doesn't feel good. So, okay, that was it. Um, that's the show. If you want to see some clips. Call Your Shot podcast on TikTok. Um, again, if you want to read the pre-combine top 20 dynasty rookies, I put that out, I think, last Thursday. Um, so that's out, commissioner-corner.com. Um, it's also on my Twitter, at Carson Collier underscore. Um, you guys want to check that out, show some love to the page, go ahead and follow the um, Commissioner Corner. You can get updates and stuff when I post new stuff on the blog. Um, I hadn't written anything on the blog in a while. It was kind of fun to get back in there. I'm going to have to start doing that some more again. Um, I started work today. It's my first day of my real job. Um, got to, got to find a way to fund this little side venture that we're doing. Um, got to bring home some, bring home the bacon somehow. Uh, it was all right. I got this new standing desk though. It's pretty sweet. Like it's got like a shelf, you know, little drawers and stuff like that. It's like kind of two stories. So I put the, the, dual monitors behind the uh the actual laptop so i really have three screens that i can work on it's 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 legit stuff man so yeah so that was first day of work um first podcast i think in like a week or so um so go ahead and subscribe on spotify you know five stars if you love it four stars if you don't um and yeah we'll be back again some point this week so have a good one peace